Hello and welcome to the North America Gaelic Football Podcast, the home of Gaelic football here in North America. I'm your host, Gareth McAlinden, along with our co-host, Limerick's finest, Connor Green. Before we get started, <laughs> just a quick shout out to our sponsors, Mesida, who have been the sponsors of the USGA since 2017. So if you're your club or interested in getting involved with Mesida this year for your team's needs, feel free to reach out to us and we will get you connected with Des and the team. Without further ado, we'd like to uh, welcome Kristen Taylor. Kristen, how are you? Uh, how's it going? What's the crack? Hey guys, doing well. How about you? Can't complain. Good, no. Can't complain. No complain. Hide the GA season, so you know. <laughs> um, now, uh, what got you into Gaelic football? Because you've got an interesting story, right? Yeah, my um, my athletic background, I would say, is kind of all over the place. But um, Gaelic football started, um, not, unfortunately, not in my youth years, but um, kind of as I started to pull away from. Uh, college athletics. Um, I was like lost finding, uh, trying to find something to do athletically. Um, so it kind of fell into place, um, right in the perfect time in there. Um, but I reached out to a club that I found on Facebook back in the day and, um, they basically just suggested I come to a training. Um, Nobody knew if I had ever done the sport before or if I had no idea what it was. They just told me to show up. Um, and I I showed up to the training and they just kind of like threw me in there and I just kind of had to figure it out. So it was, um, you know, it was kind of a, a good challenge for me, which was something that flows well with the rest of my athletic career as well. It's always a good challenge for sure. What uh, what sports did you play in college, Kristen? Uh, so up until college, I uh, my main focus was track and field. Um, I was committed to a run in college, and then due to an injury, it kind of took me out from the prospects of that for at least that year. Um, so when I transitioned out of that school, I was kind of stuck with like, okay, I've been an athlete my whole life, and now I'm like, kind of lost without something so that was where I kind of picked up the Gaelic football itching for some kind of sport yeah needed something something a little bit different than the college intramural I tried college intramural soccer and it was just kind of I needed a little bit more so Gaelic football worked out perfectly yeah I always say like Gaelic football offers a good like midpoint between almost soccer and like rugby you know like it's you're not you're not going to kill yourself playing it by any means, but you know it's it's got a bit more physicality than so than say something like soccer. You know, I know I know I can't play soccer anyway. I've gotten way too many red cards down at the uh, down at the indoor league with Gareth and the boys there. So, um, can you talk a bit about your uh, your club, uh, the Milltown Gales? Uh, when were they formed, and like how many teams and members and all that, and what what like what codes do they play in? Yeah, so uh, Milltown Gales are located in Milwaukee. Um, I'm from Chicago, so I'm one of the very few, if not just a couple of us, who um, make the trip up to Milwaukee for trainings and to join in for matches. But um, they're a fairly newer team. Um, 2016, I think, is when they were formed. Um, I only just joined just a few years ago. Um, as I uh, moved and had a transfer out of division. So um, I've only been with them a couple years, but they're 
um, registered as a uh, junior grade and they've got men's and ladies um, and they're just, they're, they're a great team. So I don't think I can get out of the division. Even if I do move, I think I just need to stick with them. Um, yeah, they're, they've become like a, a little family up in Milwaukee for me. So it's been great. Nice. Yeah. How much, how much of the, how much of the Gaelic football was like the actual sport versus like the actual community aspect of it? Because that's, I think that's an interesting one because I think Gaelic football, uh, as much as a sport is in my opinion, phenomenal. Uh, but it, that community aspect, I feel people are itching for as well. Would you, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know you've, you've thrown the phrase around so many times in all the podcast episodes of, uh, you know, 70% crack and then the rest is just Gaelic football. But, um, yeah, no, I, I would say it's fairly true. Um, you know, we, we do have a good focus on the sport itself and the development and, um, you know, our, our coach Billy takes training seriously, but his big thing is making sure that we're having fun and that we're, you know, part of something that's more than just showing up, uh, just to run and, and get tired out. So, yeah, uh, we've got a good promotion of, of fun for sure within the club. And I think that's why, uh, it's so strong and vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's all about just getting people to come back, isn't it? You know, if you can make people friendly with each other, you have a much better chance of them sticking it out. Like, I, I think Gaelic football is a little easier than um, than hurling. Like, you know, hur hurling, it just requires, the, like uh, Gareth described it as tedious. Like, it's it requires that, there's that period where you, you really suck, like, you know, isn't there? And you, it's just all about staying with it, like, you know. Uh, but no, football is definitely a bit easier to transition to. And for American kids, I would say probably some of the skills, like, from basketball and soccer just seem to transfer a little easier, definitely. Yeah. It's um, almost demoralizing when you're literally that one person that's showing up new to training and everybody's down like flicking the ball up and like just that little simple ball and you're throwing the ball up and missing it every time <laughs> you know it it takes it takes a it takes a while to get those like soft skills motor skills uh, but once you get it you're flying yeah you know but it, it's yeah I, I think gaelic football is a great introduction uh to both sports because you think it's the same it's pretty much the same game on the same field with the same positioning right so if you can pick one of them up you know the other one will come a little bit more naturally um, yeah. and Definitely. it does take time we tell like it's you know we tell people all the time just keep coming keep coming yeah. and i definitely you know. even uh i definitely even think even even for like experienced hurlers like you know um you can definitely gain something from playing a bit of football like you know like the whole possession passing aspect of it like um you know, uh, there's definitely, definitely things you can uh, pick up that can transfer easily enough from Gaelic football, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I started playing Gaelic football before hurling. Um, so it obviously there's not as much of a um, overlap with hurling with a lot of other American sports, unless you've kind of considered yourself a well-rounded athlete, uh, which I think is like the reason why I fell in love with hurling is that I really, like, I just kind of grew up playing every sport there could be. Um, and so that, the well-roundedness, I think, was uh, well-equipped me for picking up hurling. But, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a change from Gaelic football, but similar skills, so it crosses over well. Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely think yeah, it's it's very different to most uh, most American sports. I mean, the, the cross is pretty similar, but I, I definitely would say um, 
I think I think talking to some like past lacrosse players who play on our club, um, like they they love the whole ball in hand, you know, dynamic of it. You say you guys have training now. How how does your training usually work? Do you guys all do it together, or do you guys split up in the different like the men's teams go one side, the ladies teams, or do you guys just all go in on one? Yeah. So for football, um, we do have co-ed trainings for Milltown, um, which is great. The guys. you know, who show up are really helpful with trying to get us prepped for if we've, um, you know, a ladies match or something that weekend, they're in the goals, they're um, playing defense, they're, they're helping us out. Um, But then, you know, they're, they're just in there as well, training themselves. So we'll um, train together a few, uh, a handful of times, but then they, um, Billy is really good about kind of keeping men's uh, specific and women specific trainings as well, just to get as many people who are meant to play together out there playing together on the pitch and just work on that um, relation and field chemistry and all of that kind of stuff. I, I think I think a good person then to ask for advice almost in a way. So we actually just recently started a ladies football team. Our first practice was last week. What do you what do you think is you know in your opinion? Uh, what would somebody's best way if they wanted to start a ladies team? Like, where do you go find players? You know, what what what's going to attract the girls and ladies to uh, Gaelic football or hurling? You know, where's that first step? Yeah, I think um, it's it's a challenge that I think every club in the GAA can attest to. Um, it's it's tough to start something from the ground up, but um, community is a big thing. Recruiting, obviously easier said than done. But, um, I know a lot of women just from experience, we've started up a club in, uh, the Naperville area area called the Emeralds, um, fairly new club within the last year. Uh, there's not a ton of established players, but good amount of numbers, uh, attending training. And you can kind of see it's difficult to keep numbers and, um, you know, keep it consistent, but, uh, women like to be around other women, and I know for um, my experience with hurling, um, I play on a men's team and I'm the only woman pretty much out there, um, especially when it comes to matches. I'm the only woman on the entire pitch or the entire tournament. But um, it's uh, it's intimidating for women to be a part of a, a really aggressive sport like that with just a field full of men. So I think just women knowing that they have a community of other women who want to you know, play and be competitive, I think is the selling point for them. Um, so like with our club in Naperville, it was just women coming together from uh, an established team already and just kind of building their own um, community and team there. And it's great. The rest of the area within the Midwest is really good about including them in tournaments and getting them involved in other playing opportunities. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's great to see. No, I think it's a good idea to uh, mix up the. I, th- I think to, to do the mix of like you know you have some of your training sessions with the men and then some you know just the ladies. Um, yeah, just you know like you def- definitely you can pick. I'm sure you can pick up things from from some of the men and then you know. Yeah. But then like you're like you're saying to have that bit of field chemistry and getting used to playing together, knowing what you know, having an idea of what somebody's going to do. Um, definitely, definitely helps uh, build a team there. Yeah. Thank you. We had our we had our first training there on Tuesday, and one thing that I loved about uh, about having the ladies there 
we had some of the newer American guys that were actually almost taking leadership roles and showing them how to do. And, you know, for me, that's great to see. Like me, myself and Connor started uh, the the Worcesterfinians football team. Uh, they were primarily hurling. And to see these guys now who just started like a year and a half, two years ago, are now almost stepping up as coaches and leaders. So, you know, that's, I mean, I guess that's another selling point, right? Where, you know, these people are now, yeah, they're a year in a new sport, but they pick it up so quick uh, and they love it, you know, and they love the community aspect and they love to go in and help coach and help uh, help grow it, you know, be, be part of something from the ground up. So, um, you know, for myself, I think it's vitally important for having a girls team. Uh, I think it only does wonders for the club and for the community aspect. Uh, so, and I see, you know, other clubs around the country like Charlotte. Uh, I don't know if you follow them on social media, yeah. but you know, I always, I, I always seem seem to be mesmerized when I see them on social media. They're traveling in such numbers with men, the women, the kids. Um, so, I mean, it's a it's a testament to these clubs, and it's something that we aspire to, uh, and hope that we can get to there sometime. And you know, with you guys as well, seeing the numbers, of ladies out there. It's phenomenal to see. Now, how many Irish-born ladies do you have on your team? Uh, so we're kind of a, I, I would say, more unique team where we don't have loads of Irish on the team. Um, I'd say we just have a handful. Um, I don't want to speak incorrectly, but I, I think like we've we've just a good handful of them. Um, and you know, some move or some go back home, so it's not a you know the consistent home base all the time, but we've, um, just a few. So our, our team is really a good majority of, um, just American born players, which is really cool to see, uh, take on the sport. Well, we've got a lot of background of different athletes, you know, um, college soccer and volleyball and stuff like that. So it's cool to kind of see the athletic, um, backgrounds come together and see how we can utilize everybody's strengths on the field. It's really cool. Yeah, that volleyball, uh, you see that volleyball aspect of Gaelic football coming in more and more. And um, always see it on TV, you know, uh, you know, they run the ball in, hand pass it up, and there's somebody just there to slap the ball in, you know, directly yeah. from, the, from the pass like it's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's always interesting with the, Ameri with the American kids. Uh, just, you know, you, you can see like, especially like hurling and football, you know, you can see like the hockey guys, the lacrosse guys, like, you know, you can, you can almost tell, but it's always interesting to find out. Um, so what, what would you say are some of the, the biggest challenges uh, for your club, both on and off the field? Uh, uh, procuring the uh, the North American title, I would say, is is one of ours at the minute. We're, we're extremely close each year, and um, I think hopefully this year is the, the end to all of that nonsense. But um, I think at, at the minute we're working on, you know, taking the whole thing. We've been so close, and so I think just kind of, Checking that off the list will be our next uh, next big goal. But um, our numbers have stayed really consistent, which is great. And we've seen a lot of turnover from previous years. So I think one of our biggest strengths, in my opinion, is going to be our team chemistry. I think we play really well together. We know each other on and off the pitch. So, you know, it's uh, it's a good bond that we have that I think plays well once we get out on onto the pitch. Um, I have teammates who I've played with for years and you know they know where to put the ball in front of me when I'm on the go to receive a hand pass and you don't have to like 
you know, turn and look at each other and try to figure it out. It's just kind of turns into like a, you know, a natural instinct. So it's kind of cool to see that out on the pitch. I find it great that you're using the, using the term pitch. Uh, you don't hear many American players calling it a pitch. Yeah. So uh, yeah. glad you become accustomed to that. Yeah. Uh, and you might need that in Derry when you go there in a couple of weeks, which we'll touch base on in a little bit. Um, but you also talked about there your biggest challenges and is the uh, securing that North America. Now uh, you were telling me a little bit before we started recording that uh, you went to the emergency room. Was that on the final? Uh, was that on the final? Yeah. So I was. Um, I was dual coded in Chicago. Um, we were in the absolute worst rain conditions I've ever been in playing a camogie match in my life. Um, so it was miserable to start, um, great time, but just the weather could have been more cooperative, but, um, yeah, I was, that, was on the Saturday. I take it in Chicago. Yeah. Or... Yeah. It would have been Saturday. Oh yeah. 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 And we got that, uh, that thunder and lightning there too. I remember, I remember like we were in the middle of a game and we got really cool, uh, really cool fork lightning there. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, so we, we were playing our match and I ended up getting into a little thing with a girl who was marking me and I got a hurl to the shin pretty hard and it put the top of my leg open. Um, and I think that the adrenaline was pumping and I just wanted to, we wanted to win that match. Um, so I luckily just got off, off the pitch, back on the pitch again, just wrapped it up a little bit and continued to play. Um, I went to the physio to get it looked at real quick before, like right in between our football final then. So I just wrapped up camogie and was heading to our final for football. Um, and they were like, yeah, you, uh, you probably should go get stitches. And I was like, right. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, in about like an hour and a half because I have to go play football. And so I just wrapped it up, went over to the football pitch and played the whole match and then went to urgent care right after. Ended up having a um, like a stress fracture in my tibia too. So that was um, oh, quite geez. the surprise. Yeah. yeah, it's it's no easy task at the at the Nationals being a, a dual player, I'll say that. Um, it's it's hard enough even just with, with one sport, you yeah. know, if you end up playing like three games or four games even over the weekend, you know. Uh, yeah, myself and Connor, we uh, we had a game, we had a hurling game on the Friday, uh, a football game on the Friday, football game on the Saturday, and then a final on the Sunday. So, and but that Saturday, I think, was the worst because yeah, it was like heavy, like the fields yeah. were just like they were soggy, they were heavy, they were Your boots wet, were heavy. It was oh yeah. my god, like my body on <laughs> Sunday, and I, like I'm. I'm not in bad shape, but I'm not in good shape. <laughs> uh, by the fourth day, I was just, I mean, I was gone. Yeah. And, you know, you could tell, like, you could see just the fatigue in the last game, like where the passes were getting sloppy. Uh, yeah. But the moral it's, of that story, uh, I was hoping you were going to say that, like, you know, you came off because you got a bad cut and that's why you lost. Uh, so, but I guess we didn't get that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was leaving it open for your interpretation. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's it, was, it, was, it was the injury that lasted for him anyway. That was for sure. Sure, it was definitely that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it. it's funny when you when you're at the nationals and you get a day like that. You know, like like you could be playing some 
you know, West Coast team. Like they might not have seen the rain there in like the last like three seasons, you know. Yeah. So you'd be hoping just to get a bit of luck. And might you know we get supposed we get a bit more rain than usual up in um, up in the Northeast. So we'd be hoping to use that for our advantage over the weekend. Yeah. Well, we also a lot of these a lot of them teams also use astro <laughs> astroturf. Yeah. Like the three G fields. Uh, so for them going back and playing grass like wet grass. I mean that's a that's definitely an adjustment to the body. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure it played uh, some kind of a part, especially on that Saturday. Um, but yeah, we had no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Northeast teams had no excuse. <laughs> we're we're spoiled up here with uh, really good fields. So, uh, but one thing we wanted to touch base on, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, I don't think we've. I don't think I've ever met somebody in the GA who's also a, a ninja warrior. <laughs> uh, for anybody back in Ireland, they probably know the American Ninja Warrior, but uh, we have one of them right here. <laughs> uh, how did that all come around? Yeah, um, I all my friends and family joke that like, can you just pick a normal sport, like just play soccer <laughs> or like, you know, anything, anything that people don't have to ask a hundred questions about. Um, but I don't know, I guess I tend to like lean into the sports that give me a little bit more challenge and, um, Ninja Warrior is definitely one of those sports, but, um, yeah, I kind of, like I said before, I kind of grew up playing like every sport. I was, um, a really big tomboy. So sports were kind of like my thing, um, was playing football with the boys at recess instead of like whatever the girls were doing. Um, and so that kind of like carried me through my athletics. Um, it made me kind of always enjoy that extra push and the extra competitiveness. But, um, yeah, I, for some reason had upper body strength, like from day one, um, and kind of people wrote it off as, Oh, she's a gymnast. Um, and I was always wondering like why people said that my whole life, but I never did a day of gymnastics in my life. Um, just had like random upper body strength, but, um, yeah, found out I could do like a lot of pull-ups and had records at like all of my schools growing up. Um, and then I, it wasn't until high school that I took a class that incorporated rock climbing and rappelling and like a lot of obstacle and, you know, different challenge type things. And I like fell in love with it. And from then on, I kind of realized like, I think I'm pretty decent at some of this upper body strength stuff, but I don't really know what to do with it. Um, other than like set a pull-up record or have the Marines be like really interested in trying to recruit me. And it was kind of like, I did, didn't really want any of those options. Um, but I watched Ninja Warrior one day and, um, kind of thought to myself, like, I'd, I'd love to try that someday. Um, so Googled indoor, I think, indoor obstacles or something like that. Um, I was really into like the mud run races with the obstacles, but I wanted all of that minus the mud. And so Ninja Warrior kind of fell into place there and just took off with it after that. Which has also led into your professional life as well, right? Because now you're actually running a, a Ninja Warrior gym, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a general manager of a Ninja Warrior facility, which um, kind of started from my, you know, my passion for ninja. And so now I'm, you know, working and running a facility, coaching kids, um, was able to, you know, train at a great 
really amazing facility that, um, you know, helped prepare me to compete on the show. And, um, you know, I was a course tester on American Ninja Warrior for previous years and then finally got my chance to run the the real deal. So it was, um, yeah, cool experience, but, um, yeah, Ninja is still a big part of my life and, um, yeah, kind of fun to use the skills and have just the upper body strength helps with hurling for sure. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, is that like a, a franchise? I've, I've never heard of it. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, the, the Ninja Warrior gyms. Yeah. So we're in the process of franchising at the minute, but, um, We've uh, a couple in the Midwest area, uh, mostly are located in Illinois, but uh, we're starting to branch out to other locations as well. But yeah, it's cool to see that that sport grow as well. Um, I'm always rooting for the small niche sports to make their way into the world and have people know about them, just like hurling and Gaelic football. So, Yeah, we might have to hit you up there for one in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. It sounds uh, sounds like fun. I think I, I think I'd be up for uh, investing some money in that just to just to use it. To be honest, <laughs> I'll I'll put your name. I'll put a good word in. Do yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm thinking more for like preseason, off season training. Like, like, I'll, what would you say? Or sorry, would you agree that a lot of the exercises that you do in that can be incorporated into both Gaelic football and hurling? So it's, um, yeah, for sure. Yes. And then also, no, there's so many random, uh, like skill sets that, you know, are only good in certain circumstances. Like if you're doing a specific obstacle, but when you think about the whole, um, like encompassing, you know, strength that you have to have. Um, core strength is a really big part of Ninja Warrior. Like you, you need to have a strong core. You need to have the type of endurance that you don't get from just like running straight through. It's that muscle endurance of holding your own body weight and moving through obstacles. So it definitely prepares you for um, the, you know, endurance side of it and kind of pushing through that fatigue, which is, I think, the most you know, transitioning skill that has helped me in, in both, um, hurling and Gaelic football. Um, but yeah, it's you, same thing with Ninja Warrior. You've got to be like an all around athlete. You need to have the agility, the speed, the strength, the endurance, you have to have it all. So, um, definitely, you know, definitely using it in the GAA for sure. Definitely promotes like, you know, lean strength, I would say, um, you know, which it's, the way to be for for GA, I would say. I mean, you you see some big, huge fellas in in hurling football, you know, uh, that are able to carry themselves well. But like, not everyone is, not everyone is able to carry themselves well. Some people just end up slowing down when they when they get that big, you know. So yeah, that's kind of a running joke. I would say the two training for training for the two could could uh, work out very well. Yeah, for sure. I think I think there could be a viral video of. Um, and I don't know if this is a rule, but, you know, maybe they should look into this before these world games. But, you know, there might be a video of this American coming in and climbing on top of uh, the goalposts, stopping points from going over the bar. They might have to make a rule. Out. Yeah, so I'll get <laughs> yeah. The, the ref distracted and I'll, um, the one for the job, I think. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny sometimes with the Americans, I find like they're always almost trying to like, test the rules like see if there's a loophole like like you know 
maybe maybe there's a rule for you can't actually climb up on top of the crossbar and block a ball with your hurley like you know but uh who knows maybe there isn't so i could be the one to find out if you want i can report back yeah, it's worth the try. I think. Yeah, I think it's worth the try anyway. Like, like Bill Belichick, you know, if you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if you can do a one arm muscle up, you know, with a hurl up there and just flick it out, I'd be very impressive. Yeah. I'd be looking yeah. out for that video. Now you're putting that into my head, so we might be seeing <laughs> that soon. <laughs> now, with that being said, uh, got a big tournament coming up, right? We do. Yeah, we're um, we're getting in the uh, last final stages of preparation for the GAA World Games uh, in Derry this summer. So I shouldn't even say the summer, it's next month. Um, but yeah, right around the corner here. So we're, we're looking forward to it. And are you going out there with the, with the football and the camogie team or is it just uh, football or? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm going with my Gaelic football team, uh, which is uh, Milltown Gales, but it's also other people from the uh, Heartland division. It's kind of like a team that was formed within the Heartland of um, players who were selected into this USGA team. Um, but yeah, I'm going for football. And then uh, I, I think I inadvertently said that I was going to sub for Camogie as well. So we'll see how the body feels to to be able to do that. But um, yeah, might make my random Camogie debut out there as well. So we'll see. And is that uh, is that going to be all played up over over like a weekend? I take it, or uh, I think they actually have it on during the week. Um, oh, okay. yeah. So it, yeah. I think I read something that it was about 450 matches throughout the entire week, um, out of you know the women's and men's division for camogie and football. So it's going to be jam packed throughout the week. Yeah, I think uh, I think I read a little bit about it. It's uh, I guess I like it's on the Monday is like an official parade yeah. uh, and then all the, all through the week, it's going to be like pretty much a week long. Uh, so like group games during the week. And then I think the finals are on the Saturday and then closing ceremony on Sunday, I believe it is. Yeah. I think Friday, uh, Saturday, but um, yeah, it's all, all week long. They've activities planned, opening ceremonies, closing ceremony, finals. Activities. Yeah. AKA. Drinking. There's a lot of a there's lot a lot of often. drinking planned already, but don't tell <laughs> tell my coach. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. You'll be finding them in the bar anyway. They'll be telling you just get back to the hotel. They're in the bars anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. But and, uh, I, I know uh, I know a few people from Derry, and you know from the sounds of the people from that area, they're very excited for the games to come. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll bring a lot of people to the town, which will bring a lot of business. Uh, obviously the hospitality industry which is much needed after this last couple of years with covid yeah. uh, but it's great to see them games getting back in there and people from all over the world i mean there's obviously us is going to have a great presence there as they always do but do you know any other like countries that are like did i say did i see the saigon gales are they putting a the team in yeah so there's um i think there are officially almost a hundred different teams from around the world coming. Um, I think it's 10 different regions from the world too, which is wild that, you know, GA reaches that far. Um, but we've uh, heard rumors of, I guess not rumors, it's confirmed, but we've heard that potentially playing like Cambodia, um, some Iberian oh, yeah. teams. Yeah. So a lot of um, 
you know, I think we'll see Canada at some stage. Um, so a lot of have they, have they released like a draw or a schedule? Like, do you, do you know who you're playing or is it, is it, have, have you not found out yet? So I guess that's where the rumor part comes in. It's what was just kind of word of mouth as of now, but, um, no, I don't think we'll know until we get a little bit closer, uh, out to July, but we've, um, yeah. you know, we've been getting some in, insight from our coach and, you know, what teams we might be seeing out there and kind of what skill sets we should be focusing on to bring. Um, and so we're not like a, our, we kind of always say we're not a very tall team. Um, so we kind of have to utilize some of our other skills like speed and um, we have great, you know, midfielders and defense and forwards who have awesome endurance. So kind of um, piecing together those type of skills. Yeah, I've been following along on uh, social media to the the Cambodian team. Actually, it's pretty cool. Like they got a fully uh, fully Cambodian born team um, traveling out there. Yeah, it's pretty. Didn't cool. they win one of the world games not long ago? The men's team. I'm not sure. No, to be honest, I I, I was at Dubai. Uh, one of the games was out in like Dubai guitar, and uh, yeah. I know there's a there's a guy from uh, from Ulster, Jerome Quinn. Uh, he usually goes out and films them. He'll probably be there for uh, for the World Games. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I saw some. Uh, it was one of them or one of the South African teams uh, that ended up winning uh, winning the World Games on the men's side. And I was watching clips. They were unbelievable. They're so fast. <laughs> so fast. And they were like, so big. Uh, they were just people were bouncing off them. It was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would not want to run into a couple of them guys in midfield. Uh, but no, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's great to see clubs from all over the world. And, you know, even Uganda, uh, Uganda are starting like a hurling and football team with the kids. And I think, Connor, you, uh, you shared a couple of things about that as well and talked to them. Uh, but it is phenomenal to see. And it's, it's a fantastic sport. You know, it, it doesn't take, especially with football, you know, if you like soccer, uh, but you you like that more physical aspect of it, you know. Gaelic football is that almost like that happy medium yeah. between you know soccer and rugby and maybe like uh, Australian yeah. rules. Uh, and then hurling on the other side is for you know the lads from Limerick, um, you know who are out like chopping, <laughs> <laughs> chopping people. Uh, but uh, what's great about football i find is the simplicity of it like you know just need a ball pair of cleats you know you literally you need less than soccer yeah. like soccer you have to have a pair of uh shin guards you know right. it's uh, less equipment than any almost any sport really yeah easy enough to pick up maybe 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 a pair of um remember the old yellow gardening gloves on a wet day <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you probably don't see that over here but back in the days uh, when when i was growing up uh, so like these gloves, like the fancy gloves we have now, we didn't have those. Uh, we had like the old, like yellow with the black spot gardening gloves, uh, and they're like cotton. So you can imagine Ireland is pretty wet. Yeah. Uh, with these yellow, and I'm pretty sure were they yeah. in the seat of them gloves? They might have been actually. Yeah, I'm actually, not sure. They might have been. I'm actually going to confirm that with Des, but yeah, they were. I seen uh, one of our play, one of our American-born players, came out with gloves like that, like a couple of weeks ago to training, and I just, I, I couldn't help but laugh. Mm. As like, oh yeah, the only between thing that, between that and like the old school, like the cotton jerseys, like you know, they'd be so heavy when you when you get a downpour of rain, like you know, thick um, the get, collars um, on and everything. 
Yeah, I think everyone has that memory when their kids is like, Jesus, just I just became like ten pounds heavier there since this since this downpour started. Like my Limerick jersey, actually, it's so old that I put it on, and I think I like I I have I need to work off the weight a little bit. No offense, Connor. <laughs> Great jersey. Uh, nothing wrong with the old Limerick jerseys, now. Absolutely not. We have a fellow in our club. Uh, he's he's from Offaly, like, and he loves just showing up. And he'll, he'll show up in like a, a modern day full Offaly kit sometimes to training, and then other times he'll show up in like the Offaly kit from the eighties, like the full <laughs> kit, like you know, the old school shorts and everything. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jimmy Egan for that <laughs> legend of the match. And don't forget, don't forget that Offaly uh, helmet as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that man is the. The pride and passion uh, of Offaly. Green, so, white, and yellow just runs through his blood. All right, that's for sure. I'm not one yeah. to speak. I'm, out, I'm the one out there with the pink and purple Hurley. Um, and I get looks for that as well. So I am not one to speak. But look good, <laughs> play good. So I get it. Now, uh, what are you most excited about about going to Derry? Now, now are you going to go just for the week? Or are you going to spend a little bit more time, like doing a bit of traveling, or what's the plan when you get there? Yeah, so we're um, we're there for at least the week, um, just as a team, and then a lot of us are extending our trip a little bit to, um, you know, go visit family or friends. Um, and I'm in in the works of seeing if I can move my uh, my flight home to. Um, be able to get out to the all Ireland, uh, football finals. So that's the plan, uh, at the minute, but, um, yeah, just, uh, just really looking forward to being up in dairy with the girls and, um, just, I know we're going to have a lot of fun and it's, uh, it's going to be a good week and, um, getting to play with all the players that we, you know, may, may have seen from North American finals, um, and then just meet all of the other teams and, uh, the, community and just yeah i'm just really looking forward to kind of all of it yeah i've actually, i've never been to Derry, you know but i've heard uh, from a bunch of my friends back home that it's uh it's a it's a good spot to for a night out and all that gareth might know more than me yeah, yeah. Spot. yeah. And I, did yeah. i detect a little bit of a, a pun in there uh looking forward to being in Derry with the girls you know i do have to i do dabble in the puns and i i had to get that one in there for sure uh now i was browsing through social media and i couldn't help but notice the the dairy girls uh do you want to give us a little bit of a background of the dairy girls for anybody that might uh might not know about it yeah for sure so um yeah so we're uh, like i said we're the heartland division of the usgaa so um we're girls made up of uh predominantly wisconsin which is known for cows and cheese and just dairy in general. Um, and I, I'm from Illinois, but close enough to, uh, you know, say I'm from Wisconsin, uh, with the rest of the girls, but we, um, don't know who, who the brilliant person who came up with the name of dairy girls was, but you know, the play on dairy girls, uh, and us being from the Midwest, it just seemed to work perfectly. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of, a lot of good feedback from people, uh, they find it really funny that we've called ourselves the dairy girls. And, um, I was telling you earlier, our kit is actually going to have incorporated, uh, cow print into the, into the, um, Jersey and the shorts and our quarter zip and all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're like laughing about it, but, um, 
you know, we're actually kind of excited. It's gonna gonna turn out cool. I'll make you a deal. We'll we'll get you out one of those. Uh, you talked earlier about the the seventy five percent crack, twenty five percent ball. Yeah. You get us a Dairy Girl shirt. We'll make sure we get one of them shirts out to you. Yeah. Uh, so we'll make that a deal. Yeah, done deal. Yeah, you got you got to love a good uh, creative, like funny jersey design. Um, I remember I'm just thinking of one example. Like there's a rugby club, professional rugby club out in Paris. Um, Stade Francais, they're called. I don't know if you've ever seen those jerseys over the years, Gareth. Um, they often just have these like bizarre, like funny, like they could change their color. They could be wearing pink one day and then yellow another day, you know. Um, but they had this one shirt there years ago. I mean, I doubt it works like for for professional rugby players, like, but uh, they had it was a jersey with just a bunch of random like cartoon characters on on the on the jersey, like, and the idea was that it was going to distract the opposition, like, so. You never know. You never know. Maybe some of the girls out there might get a might be getting a laugh off it and just take their eye off the ball there for a second, looking at that cow print. <laughs> I think uh, I think that might work as like a secondhand type of tactic out there. I don't think it was the intent, but I I think it could work for sure. Yeah, I like it, yeah. Connor. I like it. <laughs> Good inside thinking there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick, right? If you're not if you're not cheating, you're not winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we actually just chanted his name at uh, one of our previous matches. We said, Bill Belichick on three, one, two, three. And our coach is just like looking at us, shaking his head. But, yeah. you know, we're that's, we're out there to have a good time. So that's the only way to play GA, you know, like yeah. like some of the boys, uh, especially in the football, they're like, oh, they're like, they're like trying to ask us, like, what's a foul? What's a, you know, how, how do I win the ball without fouling them? I'm just like, just take your best guess, like, you know, just yeah. wing it. <laughs> Go and throw you here. Know, try your best piece, you know, see what you can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what does the next few weeks hold? So, you obviously will have the World Games, but then when you come back from that, do you get right back to your uh, divisional game? Yeah. So it's um they they're not too far apart. Uh, World Games and uh, the North American Finals, um, and then we've got tournaments sprinkled in here and there as well. Um, so my basically from preseason training till now, currently I'm like right at the peak of my hard training before I start to kind of like wind down. Um, I'm doing, I kind of have my own like plan set up where I'm attending the trainings I can make up in Milwaukee. I can't get out there, um, you know, every week, twice a week, but I will will make it up there at some stage, but I have my other, you know, hurling training sprinkled in. And then I do um, a lot of work on my own outside. So kind of incorporating all of that and getting ramped up to uh, just bring a good package to the world games. And then we come back and maybe we'll get a little, little uh, week uh, of rest and then we're back at it again and, and getting prepped for finals. So it'll be uh, an exciting summer for us. Well, you just go straight into that. Uh, now you guys don't qualify, right? So whenever you guys go to the USGA finals, do you just have to go through like a qualifier or do you guys just go straight in at, on a what level? So, yeah, we're uh, in the junior division. Our team just goes straight through to finals. Um, so luckily we don't have to, um, you know, battle it out for a spot. Um, although we we did have to do that with the uh, team that I had started playing Gaelic football in, in a different division. So I've seen both ends of um, battling it out and, getting uh, the glory of winning the Chicago final and then advancing to, to uh, the North Americans. 
Um, so yeah, I've seen both sides and it is, uh, definitely a privilege to advance automatically. So we're, we're excited about it. Yeah. It's funny. Like, like we often have our, you know, we might have the the Boston final maybe like a week before you usually be like the weekend before sometimes it might be two weekends before, but, uh, usually it's just like one week, one week in advance, you know, so you're not even really thinking about the the nationals. Usually it's like, ah, and you, you might win the final. It's like, ah, sure. We're going to wherever Chicago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a nice feeling, but it's doesn't this is actually the first year anxiety there. Yeah. (laughs) This is actually the first year that uh some of the junior clubs, so usually in the northeast division, it's literally a week the finals are the week before nationals. So you don't even know if you're going to nationals until like the week before. Yeah. Uh what's nice this year, the division decided to push the finals back two weeks to give the junior clubs a little bit more time uh to coordinate travel. Uh, and like other things. So I think that's a, that's a huge help to some of the junior clubs, uh, because it's, it's crazy because you're booking flights six days in advance, yeah. uh, which is like, Oh, do I book them now? And it's like, well, what if we don't get there? Uh, yeah. but like, if I book them now, I'm going to save like half. Yeah. So you're almost taking a gamble. Uh, but no, uh, I think, I mean, hopefully you'll not see me there. Uh, you may see, hopefully you see Connor there in Denver. Uh, unfortunately, if I go, my wife will probably divorce me uh, because we have our second kid on the way early August. Uh, so we're a little boy. But yeah, I'll probably not be in Denver this year if we make it. Uh, but maybe I'll catch you at the following one. Do we know when? Uh, I think the one after that is in Philadelphia or San Fran. I, I thought it was San Fran, but um, could be mistaken. Oh, but I'm gonna even keep, better. I'm going to keep San my Francisco. fingers crossed for San Fran because that's the weather sounding. Yeah. 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 Sounds, a little, sounds a little more exotic, all right? That's for sure. Uh, Denver sounds exotic, though. It does, yeah. Does it? Yeah, no, Denver, <laughs> Denver is going to be good. Yeah, no, they got, some, uh, they got some great fields out there. It looks like they're well uh, well set up for a big Big tournament, so I mean the background will will sell it for a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were joking about like altitudes and all that. You know, is it is that gonna is that gonna play a part? You know, people are gonna be fucking dying. Oh, yeah, I will be. I think I think it's gonna hit us girls from the Midwest a bit. So we'll. Is the Midwest uh, Midwest pretty low low terrain or? Um, yeah, we uh, basically if you step off off a curb, that's about as much topography as you're gonna see here in the Midwest. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, just pray for us or something. <laughs> uh, Connor, I I suppose I I've I've made this almost like a tradition, and if I don't put this in, uh, you know, I feel like I've failed. Um, but let's get a nationals in Mexico or a tournament <laughs> or Nashville. You know, we'll throw it in there. Uh, yeah. We're still gonna continue the petition for uh, nationals at Nashville or. New, New Orleans, maybe a tournament in Cancun. Just have to keep that train going, Connor. Just yeah, more keep... more winter tournaments anyway. That's for sure. Definitely always looking to get away from the uh, those shitty north we- northeast winters. Yeah, let me know where I can sign yeah. my name in that visit, p- uh, the petition because I'm first one on. If the yeah. if the powers that be are listening to this, Mexico City, put it together, lads. Yeah. We have every faith in you. It's out there in the universe now. So let's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Kristen, before we start wrapping up uh thank you so much for taking the time we really appreciate it uh best of luck 
uh, in the upcoming weeks now with uh, with the Derry Girls, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I hope you guys bring back some silverware and uh, hope you guys make it to the All Ireland final as well because that is uh, that is an experience by itself as well. And uh, I know my uh, I know my family will be rooting for hopefully Armagh to be there. I'm not sure who you're rooting for, uh, but I hope Armagh do not get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we wish you all the best and good luck in the tournament. Um, uh, no, thanks to thanks to Christian for coming on, and uh, thanks to our sponsors, Masita. And thanks to everyone who's listening out there. If you like this episode, do us a favor and uh, give us a like, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks, and we'll see you next time.